Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Before we get into this episode of Small Doses, I got to hip y'all to a couple of things. One, if you are in L.A. or you plan to come to L.A., for May 18th, we got Smart, Funny, and Black live at the Novo. Yes, we are back up in the building. And we want to sell this show out because we want to let these people know that we're trying to have Smart, Funny, and Black in L.A. at least every other month. We want a residency in L.A. So if you live in L.A., if you have friends in L.A., if you're coming to L.A., go to AmandaTheSeals.com and get your tickets to Smart, Funny, and Black live at the Novo on May 18th. Also, if you haven't been listening to my show, The Amanda Seals Show, then you are missing out. This is not the only podcast I do. You can also listen to The Amanda Seals Show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to listen in the car, there's a number of cities that we're in, and you can find that out on amandaseals.com if we are in your city, or you can go to theamandasealshow.com. Last but not least, if you have not subscribed to The Amandaverse, which is my Patreon, then you're missing out because we have bonus content every week from Small Doses over there at Patreon in the Amandaverse, along with other bonus content from other content that we're doing. Basically, it's just a whole bonus, a bonus, a bonus. And I know that y'all love extra. And all you got to do is pay $5 and you're going to get all this goodness. And you know what I said last but not least, but I got one more thing I want to tell you, which is that you can not only listen to Small Doses, but you can now watch Small Doses on YouTube at Amanda Seals TV. And when you go to Patreon, the Amandaverse, you're going to get the extended ad-free version. So even if you're not just caring about the bonus, you can get the audio of this podcast ad-free at the Amandaverse. I know that was a lot of information, but I want to let you know that in this episode, Side Effects of Kenya, I'm also going to be talking about a lot of things that we actually cover in my travel log that is also featured on the Amandaverse. I did a nine-part travel log, y'all, of my journey to Kenya. We on the safari, we on the beach, we in Nairobi. All the things are right there for you to see in the Amandaverse. Try it out for a month. If you don't like it, keep on moving. Don't stop. All right, now let's get to talking about these elephants. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Small doses. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Seals. It's so funky. So funky. <laughs> 
What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. Yeah, that was me giving you African vibes because this episode is side effects of my trip to Kenya. And like, I really... I really went to Kenya, y'all. And I know some of y'all are like, okay, big whoop. And some of y'all are listening from Kenya. So shout out to all my Kenya people because y'all, your girl was getting recognized in Kenya, okay? I literally was at the mall and these girls came up to me and were like, hello, Amanda. And I was like, hi, y'all know me. And they were like, we have fans. You have a lot of fans in Kenya. And I was like, ah. It was quite a fascinating moment to find out that I'm global. Your girl is global. Your girl is global. So that was really cool. But I really wanted to talk about this trip because it was more than just a trip. I got the opportunity to go to Kenya for eight days with One Love Travel Club. So basically, One Love Travel Club pairs like influencers and celebrities, et cetera, with folks as a group to go to different destinations. And they had just reached out to me like on some randomness. I got an email, a very professional email, you know, uh, asking if I would be interested in taking part of one of their trips. And they were like, you know, what are the things that you're interested in? And I was like, well, black people and animals. And they were like, let's go to Kenya. <laughs> Perfect. So... For those of y'all who follow me on Instagram too, I'm sure you saw me promoting it. And basically it's a group that comes along with you and there's a whole itinerary that's put together and you set out and it really is a very like dope, unique experience that I had never had before. And I wanted to spend an entire podcast talking about it because it wasn't just about going to Kenya, but it was also like the unique experience in itself of going as a part of a travel club. Cause that's something I'd never done either. So let's begin. First of all, when it comes to Africa, I think a lot of people, I know a lot of people have like a lot of misconceptions, right? Like we still to this day, like I see people being surprised that Africa has so much development and also that Africa has so many differences across Africa. Like South Africa is not like West Africa, which is not like North Africa, which is not like East Africa. And Kenya is in East Africa. So it's right next to Eritrea, Tanzania, Ethiopia, etc. And I will tell you, I've only been to Togo and Ghana, which are in West Africa. And Kenya is this whole other vibe. Like, it's just a whole other vibe. And I think particularly for those of us in the States, Africa exists for many of us as this, like, completely, like, ethereal, like, motherland, almost, like, multidimensional existence that feels, like, so far away. And then once you're actually able to go there, you realize, like, we romanticize, we fantasize, of course, for many reasons, valid reasons. But when you get there, you're like, oh, like these are like the unique nuanced differences about each of these places. One of the first things that really stood out to me about Kenya is that it really, really is like a juxtaposition of I think the Africa that a lot of people think of, like the traditional Africa with like women with food on their head or, you know, carrying big items on their head and like sidewalk stalls of like food and goods and whatnot. But then also like full on office buildings, like full on in a very similar way. Like when you go to Paris, it's like interesting because you see like all this like very, 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 very old architecture that you can very, very clearly see is like from back in like Napoleon, et cetera days. But then it's like right next to like very, very brand new shit. And so like the juxtaposition is really dope. And I feel like a lot of people don't think that they're going to see that in Africa. But when we went to Kenya, that was something that I thought was really cool because you hear a lot of times about like, oh, Africa is developed. Like, I don't know why people keep acting like Africa doesn't have buildings. 
And I think for a lot of us, like, we know that, but we think it's just, like, one or the other. Because, like, in New York, like, you're not going to see buildings and then, like, goats. <laughs> like, t together. Like, you're not going to see that. You're just only going to see one side of things. So I thought it was really cool to be able to see that. And I think that's, like, maybe I'm reaching here, but I feel like there's a consciousness about keeping that in the city, like keeping that in Nairobi, keeping that juxtaposition. They had a place called Karua Forest that we went to. And I guess it felt like Nairobi's like Runyon Canyon or their Central Park, where it's like a forest in the middle of the city. And like people are there on dates and they're like walking around and stuff. And I was like, oh, like this is where people in Nairobi come to like make sure they still get their nature on, even though there's like all these buildings around. By the way, you can watch all of my travel log on Patreon at theamandaverse.com. I literally every day will come home and edit together a video of what went down that day to post for you all on Patreon. So make sure Seal Squad that you go and check that out. You will not be disappointed because I go through it the whole trip and you get to experience it with me for real. And so when we went to Kuro Forest, like you get to experience that we was like mad hype to see monkeys. And y'all, like, nobody cared. <laughs> That's what I knew. Like, oh, you American. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Then Devon, who's like, don't pet the monkeys. Don't play with the monkeys. And the first thing he does when we see the monkeys, like, hey, give him the banana you have in your bag. Give him the banana. I'm like, oh, my God, you're so full of it. But nonetheless, I think the biggest misconception about Africa is, sorry, not the biggest, but another misperception about Africa is that people are, like, pushy and... That may be the case in other places, but in Kenya, it was really dope. Like the vibe, like it just felt like culturally the energy is chill and everybody seemed like, not everybody, because let me tell you, there was one little chick at the airport who was very stank when I was trying to go to Mombasa and was definitely curling up her lips. Like she had a problem with me before I even got there. But aside from her, everybody was just super hospitable. Like I'm talking about everybody from like the mall to our hotel to like the Yaya market where I went and bought like Maasai items. Like there was just a very strong sense of peacefulness. And I know that if you live there, you're probably like, get out of here, Amanda. But listen, that sense of peacefulness ain't happening over here in California. It's not, I mean, and even California is more peacefulness than New York or, I don't know, Herschel Walker's mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just a lot going on. Well, there's actually nothing going on in there, except for werewolves and vampires fighting. Something I also want to give a heads up on is I was not expecting so much security everywhere. Everywhere you go, you got to put your stuff through, like, the metal detector and through, like, the scanner. I'm talking about the mall. I'm talking about your hotel. I'm talking about... Even when you're trying to just get onto the premises of the airport. So not even not in the airport. That's a whole other step. But just to get onto the road that takes you to the airport, you got to go through security. And I know that that's because they've had, you know, bombings in the past. They've had like situations. But I just hadn't I didn't I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't expect that. So there was that. And my mom like also like sent us with like all these like things for the safari. <laughs> and I'll get to that. But it was just fascinating because like we didn't need any of it. But we'll get to it. Anyways. So those are some things I wanted to just point out in terms of misperceptions. And that I would say one of my biggest misperceptions is that I had no idea that I had fans in Kenya. And your girl does. Your girl does. Something else that we were like shocked to see in Kenya was just how casual like wildlife is. We literally are driving on the highway and like you look over and there's just giraffes. Y'all, there's giraffes like casual just there. They got zebra on the side of the road like cows. I just we never got used to it. And then we're telling, like, the Kenyan folk, like, how shocked we are about it. And they're like, yeah, like, we're so used to it. But they were like, you know, what we're hype about is, like, buildings in New York. They're like, ah, Statue of Liberty. Ah, Chrysler Building. Empire State Building. And we like, oh, that. 
Yeah, I had a meeting up there the other day. <laughs> like, so I didn't realize, though, that, like, basically Kenyans, uh, several Kenyan people told us that, like, they really don't be tripping off the wildlife. They're so accustomed to it. They're so used to it. Like, it really is nothing to them. They're more intrigued by, like, the big cityness of America. And... I don't know. I guess we just take it for granted. I mean, I guess there's Americans who are intrigued by the big cityness of America. But I know for me, it was this like so wild to see all this wildlife just like right, right there, there, juxtaposed against all of this commerce, like highways and buildings and hotels, et cetera. And then people are just like, it's whatever. Like, I mean, I'm not tripping. I wonder if maybe that, okay, this is a reach, but I wonder if maybe there is something to be said for the fact that like when you live in such proximity to nature of that level, of that expansiveness, that it does have an effect on the type of energy of the people, like the vibe of the people, right? Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, like I'm not trying to shit on cows, but like the wildlife I'm talking about is... I guess maybe it's not exotic to them, but it's just so diverse, right? And it's not being bred for the purpose of consumption. It's being preserved, right? Like they have a huge national park, like Kenya National Game Reserve, like in the middle of the city. And when I first laid eyes on it, I literally got teary-eyed. I had never seen such uninterrupted land just like made for animals. And it was like, I couldn't like grasp the vastness. Anyone who's ever been to the Grand Canyon may understand. Like, I'm so used to seeing interrupted land, right? Because of buildings or houses or roads. And I didn't know that it would affect me so much. I mean, I love looking at the ocean. And I think there's something to be said for why I love looking at the ocean. It's because it's so expansive. And it's like, it's not disrupted by like obstacles. And I'm such a free spirit. And I don't know, maybe that's why, like, when we got up to this hotel, we got on the rooftop and I, like, came out the doors. I'm, like, talking to blah, 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 blah. And then I just, like, turn my head and I just see the game part. And I was, like, oh, you were Africa, Africa. For real. Like, I... <laughs> I'm somebody who's seen Lion King, like, 11 times. Like, it was just... There's no words for me to explain what it was like to see. But it was a similar feeling when we then saw the Rift Valley. So the Rift Valley is shared by Kenya and I want to say Tanzania, but don't quote me on that. And somewhere else, I believe, maybe Egypt. Don't quote me. Don't quote me. Don't quote me. I sound like I don't know geography right now. But the Rift Valley is where the remains of the original humans were found. So it is the actual like heart of humanity and of the motherland. And I got to see that. There's moments in your life where, like, for those of us who have the blessing of our five senses, of our six senses, like, there's certain moments where, like, you really say, like, damn, like, I'm so lucky to be able to experience this with this particular sense. And that was one of those moments where, like, my eyesight was something that I just was like, I don't take this for granted. Because to witness what was in front of us and how it had been just made from the earth. We don't really get to see stuff like that in the States, I feel. Maybe when I see the Redwoods, I'll feel that way. But there's something about this, like, expansive grandeur that really lets you know how small we are. And that's why I always say, like, it's so important to leave where you're at to go see something else. 
because you do need to be humbled in that way. And it's not like in a humiliation way, but you do need to be reminded that like you're a part of this continual story. And like you need that reminder oftentimes because it eases your anxiety of just like your own main character bullshit. And when you're in a place of like that much ancestral ancient history, like you got to tap in. You got to tap in and like the Maasai Mara land where we go on a safari that is in the Rift Valley. And then you drive it and then like baboons are just like casually like, what's good? And you're like, oh, my God, like this place just keeps getting crazier and crazier. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So those were two like really just incredible moments that were bigger than just like, oh, I'm on a trip. And that I didn't necessarily expect because I didn't really get to prepare for this trip the way I would like to. Like there was so much going on with like the holidays and then like doing my radio show and then like trying to start like this production of Small Doses on video that we, you know, you can watch Small Doses on our YouTube now, not just listen. And so like we just have like a lot going on. And then you add to it that I was going to Grenada before I went to Kenya. And I just I really kind of like slept on like, oh, what am I going to be doing in Kenya? Which brings me to my next point, which is why the trip was so expensive. Because I know people were definitely seeing me promote this on my podcast. Y'all were seeing me promote it on my Instagram. And y'all were like, oh, that is too much of a pretty penny. But then I saw people talking shit. So I saw people saying like, oh, that's too expensive. Like, there's no reason why it would cost that much. Like, y'all are playing games with people's money, et cetera, et cetera. Let me just tell you, as somebody who's actually went on the trip now, what you're paying for is not only like dope ass accommodations, experiences, excursions, but you're also paying to not have to worry about it. You're paying for the luxury of peace of mind. And I don't think a lot of us have ever even really experienced that to know how valuable it is. I know I didn't. Listen, I went on the trip. I was very fortunate that like I didn't have to pay to go on the trip. Right. So like this is something I jumped at because it's like, oh, my gosh, not only do I get to go to Kenya, but I get to go to Kenya as myself as the currency. (laughs) And I want to say that One Love Travel Club, Chloe Lander did such an incredible job of orchestrating, curating, and corralling me and the other 15 people on this trip and keeping us engaged, keeping us in motion, keeping us on time and on point. There were no real, I can't think of any point on this trip where I found myself going like, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's happening? At no point. And like, I always get this label as being difficult because I'm somebody who likes information and ask a lot of questions. Like Devon always says that like, if I was an A1 basketball player, then my name would be more to say. 
And I'm still asking him for a jersey that says more to say, but we'll see if I get it for my birthday. But I'm that kind of person. And so I'm easy when things are easy. And the way that things are easy for me is when you give me information. Now, the problem is a lot of people feel like they don't got to give people information. They feel like they're checking in or they're explaining themselves or et cetera. And so that's their own ego. Their ego gets in the way. And then when you're like, move your ego out the way so we can do what we need to do, they feel like some type of way. And then that's how you get labeled difficult. And I will tell you, like on this trip, I didn't even have any opportunity to be difficult. There was no reason. There was no reason to do any of that because she made it so easy by being very like proactive with any information sharing about like shifts in schedule or any changes that were being made with rooms, et cetera, et cetera. She was also like very transparent about like, well, this is what's happening and this is how it's happening. And for what it's worth, like even those things I named, there weren't like a multitude of things like that. Right. Like it wasn't like every day we're having to adjust to some other shit. No, what was planned was planned and it happened. And I hope that everyone out there gets the opportunity at some point in their life to go on a trip where they don't have to be the mind of it, unless it's something they like. But like for the most part, like you then get to like, let your mind be the journeyman and not the organizer. And when you do that, like there's a certain level of experience that you get to take in. Cause I'll tell you like right before this trip, we went to Grenada and it was Devon's first time in Grenada. And, you know, of course I'm feeling like the anxiety of just like making sure that he is going to, I just want him to enjoy, (laughs) you know, you're like, do you like this beach? Do you like this restaurant? Do you like, you know, anytime something sideways happens, I'm like, damn, that's a bad look for Grenada. Shit. Why did it make Grenada look bad? Goddamn. You know, like, and then like there was a whole situation that happened in Grenada that I'll talk about at some point that really traumatized me and him and just like besmirched my love for my island in such a significant way. And I know that eventually I will heal from it. And I know that eventually like we'll go back. But it was like it was such a blow to experience because like Devon has known me since I was 19 and I have been a full blown ass like raising the flag for Grenada since then. And so for that to happen on his first time, it was just like devastating but then we got to go to Kenya and I'm so happy that we got to have this trip before we came home because what Kenya allowed us to do was breathe it really allowed us to breathe and I thought it was going to be the reverse I thought we would go to Grenada and it's like beaches you know and tropical sun and we would just relax and then we would go to Kenya for like adventure 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 and actually ended up being the reverse where we went to Kenya and we got to breathe because somebody else was taking the reins and doing so with the genuine effort of wanting us to have a beautiful experience. So the way the itinerary went was we got to Nairobi and then Devon and I ended up getting there two days before everybody else because we were coming from Grenada. So we got to actually like sleep the whole first day. And then we went to the mall, which was its own experience. And then we went to the Karua Forest because um, this brother that was in the hotel like just referred it to us. And so we were like, okay, we'll go there. And we went to Yaya Market with the people selling like their Maasai items and whatnot. You know, the Maasai Mara are like a huge tribe in Kenya And they're like featured all over like the Kenya merchandise, et cetera. And you've seen them with the, you know, they're doing the heavy jumping and and whatnot. Like you've seen that. And I've got my haggle on, you know, which is its own thing. Like you go to haggle, y'all. If you go to Kenya, you go to any of these countries where they're selling their goods. You've got to learn how to haggle. Now, I will say this. My first effort at haggling, like I was definitely like being a hard ass and... I felt bad about it after because Devon said I was being mean. I was like, well, no, that's how you haggle. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't let them in. Like, you don't let them, like, try and play you. Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try a different approach next time and see what works. And the next time that we went to a place where we had to haggle, 
I took a different approach and I just was like, ha 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 ha, like just laughing back and forth with them. And like, I still got the results. Like I still got what I wanted for a lower price and for the right price. Cause you know, that I was going to hit you in the head in the beginning, but I did so without feeling like I had been disrespectful or like shitted on like a merchant. So we did that. And then that night we went to our first dinner with the one love travel club. And so everybody met and we got to like, talk about where we we're from, why we we're there. And the way that she did it was we each had to like, talk to the person to our left and introduce that person to the group. So you had to say who they are, where they're from and something interesting about them. Now, what I also thought was really cool was that Chloe had this like box of pins. And so there were like all these different pins that she gave out, kind of like Girl Scout badges. So like you get a pin if you've been outside the country before. So that was like a seasoned traveler pin. Then you get a pin if you were here on your first time out of the country. So there was a pin for that. And then there was like a pin if you've been on a One Love Travel Club trip before. Like she had all these little pins. Then she had a scavenger hunt set up y'all you know my competitive ass she had a whole scavenger hunt set up that basically like had a different point system and you had to do different things like try a local vegetable or meet somebody from another city in kenya that's living in nairobi learn three different greetings in three different local languages now let me just say in kenya there's so many tribes that like I don't even understand how people end up talking to each other because everybody has to speak so many different languages. You got to speak your tribe's language, but then you got to speak Swahili pretty much. And then you got to speak English because that's basically like the universal language. So that was super duper impressive. Okay. So then the next day we went to, I don't want to call it a slum because there's a better word, but it was an impoverished settlement and there is a school there that Chloe and the One Love Travel Club have worked with in the past that has been made from, I mean, nothing, y'all. Like, they made this school. And when I say school, I mean, it's like a few rooms that have, like, some tables and some little chairs in there. And they've made it from metal siding and bricks and mortar. And you just get really... It really reminds you, like, forget just, like, reminding you of, like, how grateful you should be for what you have, et cetera. But it also reminds you of just how easy it is for so many of us to, like, be able to change someone else's life, like, in the blink of an eye. So they were saying that they teach children in this school that live in this settlement, and many of them just come to school because their parents, like, can't even feed them. And they know they're going to get fed at the school or they come to the school because their parents like don't have jobs and have to like spend all day trying to find money and work. And so like they know their children are going to get taken care of at the school. But in the midst of this, they're getting schooling. And when you look around at the walls and you see like the posters that they've drawn, it's not just like A, B, C, D, F, G. Like, no, they're drawing like the entire gastric system. They're drawing like different beaks of different types of birds and what those beaks mean for those birds. They're writing like entire breakdowns of two and two and your and your. And you and I all know that even folks who that's their first language, they need help with that. We see it all day on these internets. Ooh, child. And I made sure to let them know that. Like, you know what? This is great that y'all have this because America needs this too. Mm -hmm. But they also like had stuff up there like about character, what it means to be a good citizen, how to like make sure that you're taking care of your hygiene, et cetera. They're teaching everything in this school. And then we find out that these kids end up sitting exams and get to go to high school. But every stage of school in Kenya has to be paid for. 
And so a lot of the kids, when they go off to high school, like they either don't get to go because they don't have the money for school fees or they don't get to finish because they can't continue to pay the school fees or like someone who has donated money, like stops giving the money. So then I was like, well, what are the school fees? Because they said they have eight students who are currently in high school who didn't finish yet. And then they had two, what's 26 minus eight? 18. So I'm, y'all don't, I don't do math. Okay. So then they had 18 students. By the way, Jeremiah didn't say anything. He was very, he looked at me like, why are you asking me math questions? So then there were 18 students who are about to go to high school, but like don't have school fees. So I asked them, I was like, well, how much are the school fees? Y'all. For one student to complete four years of high school, $2,400. That's it. I just want to remind you that when I went to Columbia, one semester of graduate school was $32,000. A semester. To be able to go to high school in Kenya, like, and then get the opportunity to possibly go to college, like, they explained to us, like, it's life-changing because education is the key to getting out of poverty. And so I was like, well, then I'm going to pay for everybody to school. So I committed to paying for the eight students who are already in high school finishing their years and paying for the 18 students who passed exams to go to high school. And so that's what I'm going to be doing for the next four years is paying for these kids school in Kenya. And it wasn't even like a bit like, I, I mean, I, I had the bread just because I the work I do, I know that it's there. But it was like, I made that money like saying lines on a show. <laughs> you feel me? Like I got fortunate enough to like really get accepted in this career space that I chose. And I feel compelled and obligated to do with that as much good as I can. And just that easy, like some money can like completely change like the course of these children's lives. So we told them and it was just like a very moving exchange to see them like find out that I was going to do that. And then, of course, you know, I hid because like I'm like, ah, I don't want to. ah, And then they were like, nope, come and give a speech. So it just felt really good to do something good with this money that is so often the root of evil and corniness. And we've walked through the settlement further and, you know, we just learned about how like the government just be like taking people's land, yo. Like, just like, even if you own the land, they're just like, this our land now. And you're like, oh, I've heard about this. Like they do this everywhere, everywhere. And you still see the kids. Actually, let me say this. Let me say this. Even in all of this poverty. Okay. So I'm talking about like, there is trash everywhere 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 everywhere, everywhere. trash everywhere like there's no soft sitting anywhere like you don't see anything soft to sit on it's just hard 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 it's just dirt trash and vermin etc but guess what everybody hair is done you hear me everybody's hair is done i y'all don't understand when I tell you everybody's hair is done and that their hair ain't done, you can tell that they just had it washed and they're on their way to get it done. Aside from like corner stores, like, you know, stores where people are getting like little groceries or whatever they can. The other thing that was in numerous effect in there were barbershop and beauty salons. Like there was no shortage of people getting braids. And I'm not telling you that their braids look like, oh, we just got this on the side of the road. No, baby. Their braids look just as good as that $400 set that you got and you had to wait two hours because this hairstylist showed up late with her baby and forgot the hair and said she wasn't going to wash your hair. Like theirs is looking just as good as that. 
and they paid maybe $10. Maybe. So there's that. But, you know, that's what I love about us black folk. Like, we always going to work it out. Mama going to work it out. Mama going to work it out. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. So that was like a really moving experience. And One Love actually has visited this school several times. They like help them to like build two rooms in the school. Build them meaning like get floors, like actual floors and like build with actual stone and mortar so that it's not just like a siding. So they have a relationship there and they do volunteer work whenever they go to any of these other cities in the world. So they've been to like the Philippines, they've been to Egypt, they've been to Thailand, they've been to Bali, like all these other places, Morocco. And they are constantly doing these trips and they factor this volunteer work into the trip because at the end of the day, it's like, we don't want you to just go to these cities and have some like luxury removed experience. It's like, that's what colonizer feels like. And in this trip, they want you to come to a city and like be a part of the city, not just anthropologize it or treat it like a all inclusive. So that was really special to get to do that. And by the end of our time in the settlement, like we had a whole trail of kids walking behind us. Like they had a camel in the settlement randomly. Like we just turned a corner and it was just the camel. And like the kids was on the camel and then the camel stood up and they were like, yeah, like it was a whole adventure. But they did say don't sleep at night. Shit turn up. And then we passed through this other part of town in Nairobi and it's the biggest settlement in Africa. And apparently the biggest settlement used to be Soweto in South Africa. But of course, Soweto eventually got, you know, demolished. And well, I don't know if it got demolished, but they definitely like cleaned it up. But now they've got this like giant ass settlement in Kenya. And they said that they'd be like battling between the settlements. I'm just like, here we go. We always battling. We always battling because we end up getting scraps and we got to fight over the scraps. And like in Kenya, you know, it's another situation where you're going to have corruption. You're going to have like the leftovers of colonization, et cetera. So there's always going to be like this expanse of people at the bottom that are like clawing to get out of that space. But like there isn't enough access to do so. So after that, we ended up going to um, the giraffe center. I got headbutted by a giraffe. It was a whole thing. And then the next day we headed off to safari Y'all, 
Safari is like some other shit. Don't get me wrong. So in my mind, what I thought we was going to be doing is like we go on Safari and then we're like with the animals and then we like pitch a tent and then we like sleep under the stars in the tent and then we like get back in the truck. Yeah. I don't know where I got that idea from. I feel like it's from out of Africa, but that's actually not what took place. We were staying at this like game reserve and like your tents are basically like these bougie ass tents that have like a hardwood floor, but then it has like a tent for a ceiling. And like one of the guests uh, who was with us, she had some fruits in her room. And she was not supposed to have fruits in her room. And y'all, 30 baboons, like, was on her tent. Like, and she was like, ah, ah. (laughs) Like, really, really trying to, like, not get eaten by the baboons. But she made it out. Shout out to Shelly. She made it out. She made it out. And we saw all the animals. Oh, my God. Y'all got to go on the Amandaverse so you can see all the animals we saw. We saw lions. We saw male lions. We saw a pride of Nala's. You know, we saw extra. We can't just call them female lions. Nala's. We saw water buffalo. We saw antelopes. We saw zebras. We saw banded mongoose. We saw all these, like, dope birds. We saw ostrich. Like, we saw elephants out the ass. We saw giraffe. We saw wildebeest. Like, it was just... It was crazy because you see all of these animals and you're like, we shouldn't even, we still, we shouldn't even be here though. Like, even though this isn't a zoo and they get to just like roam around, we still like shouldn't even be here because they looking at you like, oh, y'all back with your little truck. Then like, we like came upon these um, pride of lions and there was a truck next to us and it was like a whole truck of New York Jews. And I specifically say that group because New York Jewish folks be loud AF and they was really out there like, oh my goodness, it's a lion. It's a lion. Do you see it, Marty? Marty, do you see the lion? It was like straight up George Costanza's parents. And so, you know me and my animals, you know, I love my animals. So Safari was like super duper duper dope, super dope. Oh, we saw a cheetah. Yo, we saw a cheetah. Devon thought the cheetah was going to come in through the roof of the car, but the cheetah didn't care. She was not paying any attention to Devon. He was just like, the cheetah going to come in the car. She don't care about you. Cheetah does not care about you. This elephant just like walked by us. And like, I swear the elephant like gave us a head nod, like such y'all. And like kept on going. So if you ever get the opportunity to go on safari, please take it. Please take it because, you know, it's just trying to have experiences and like reminding yourself that like this world is like so much bigger than like the little shit that we like sign up to deal with every day. So then we went to the Masai Mara village and I'm still not really sure. Like, okay, so do y'all like live like this all the time or like y'all just living like this so that we can come here and like y'all can get some checks because they live in Kaodong Central. Okay, like their settlement is like on protected land, but like they live in like mud huts that are made up. No, they're not mud huts, Amanda. They're cow dung huts. The huts is made of cow dung. Okay, the house is made of cow dung. And then they just have cow dung everywhere. And I mean, like everywhere then they got a giant like a giant like hill of cow dung and you like oh that's like the big ass cow dung okay cool 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 like it was just it was just like wow and then they were telling us like yeah you can have 10 wives and every wife is worth 10 cows so if you're trying to go to Kenya and be a part of the Masai Mara tribe they were like you know you can get down like you don't got to be like born Masai Mara you can come through but you better have 10 cows with you that's your diary y'all so if you're trying to get in there get your 10 cows together and get down with the get down but it was really, of course, always interesting to see how other people live, how other people are moving in the world and existing in this world that is constantly just like changing. And and like, for instance, they were saying that like they used to hunt the game and they can't they can't hunt the game anymore because there is a protected wildlife reserve. So they had to find, you know, a new way of life. So it's like those types of things that remind you that like it's an ever changing world. But there's people who are like really preserving their culture and traditions 
beyond like the industrializing of this world because it means something to them to remain connected to like the ancient ways and the ancestral ways. Your man's was like, yeah, we drink blood. We drink cow blood with milk. That's right, Jeremiah. We drink cow blood with milk. And he was like, that's how we so tall. And Devon was like, yeah, but some of them are not tall. So they just drinking the cow blood and milk for what? <laughs> I mean, your man said cow blood like that. Like those are two things I don't think you should ever be drinking. Like, except, like even milk. I know y'all. I know we was drinking milk, but like we know better now, right? Nah, because we still put it in things. Nonetheless, again, yet another experience that was just wild then we went on a flight to Mombasa and we went to Mombasa which is basically like the coast where they have the beaches and we stayed at this hotel called the like White Sands which reminded me of White Lotus but I'm gonna tell y'all I ain't gonna lie I ain't really like the hotel like that but then we I was googling like why are we in this hotel and it's the top hotel in Mombasa but it definitely felt it was giving it was giving rundown Vegas you know what I'm saying like it was giving like when we arrived there was a swarm of people it was giving like how do I describe it? It was giving intake at summer camp. You know what I mean? It was giving cruise, but like on land. That's what it was giving. Okay. That's what it was giving. What was also really crazy was that the water, like the sea, the tide goes like super far out. So like in the middle of the day, it looks like the surface of the moon and you can just walk on the sand, like dumb far. And then they'll like take you in a boat across like a little channel of water to another sandbar. And so that was like a really wild, like I'd never seen anything like that, but that's why you leave the house. That's why you leave the house. But then it had like pools and, you know, you girl love a pool. So it still ended up being dope. And then when we came back from Mombasa, we came back to Nairobi and I got to go do an interview at a radio station in Nairobi. And that was also trippy because it's like, damn, like y'all really do rock with your girl worldwide. Worldwide seals. So the other thing I got to do on this trip was I had to lead a workshop. So as the like, quote unquote, celebrity ambassador, I had to lead a workshop. And I also just had to like intermingle with people. And I was really happy to get to like, just be myself with folks. And apparently like the report back was that people really enjoyed just like the authenticity of like me being myself. And let me tell you something, ain't nothing better than like people actually fucking with you because of you just being you. Let me tell you, it is magnifique, like the racism in the South. So I got to do a workshop and originally my workshop was going to be the art of the clap back because you know, y'all know I'd be clapping back at folks. But then I was like, you know what? I want to do something that I feel like is lacking in like my experience. Like I had a traumatic experience happen and the responses that I was getting from people was like just to me like not what I would have expected and not what I would have given and I know that a lot of that has to do with just like we as a society aren't really communicating the way that I think many of us have the capability to because we don't push ourselves to and because society doesn't push ourselves to because emotional connection is still like a really obtuse thing for a lot of us to really grasp onto so instead of doing the art of the clap back I did the art of the compassion back And we did a whole workshop about identifying like how to support folks in both victory and loss. And it was really dope to see like the way the group just opened up and talked about like when they have a victory, like the ways in which they share it or what they want to receive back or why they haven't shared it. And we talked about that in loss. We also talked about like, what does it actually mean to show love? Like how do people consider that to be expressed and what doesn't have any place in showing love and the way the group really like just joined in y'all, like they really got into this. It made me say, you know what, Amanda, you might have to take this on the road. Yo, 
I think I might have found like a whole new thing, y'all. Because this is the first time I ever did this type of thing. I've never done really like a workshop. I've done like a seminar or whatever, but that's just me talking. A workshop is like you putting your ideas out there and like creating interactions with people, like challenging them to like come back to the table with stuff. And I was really proud of myself, but I was even more proud of just how everybody was so willing to show up for this exercise. And then they said that they left with like, knowledge and they left with new like challenges that they want to put themselves through and they left with a new understanding of like what it really means to show up and show love in victory and support of people that are in their lives and I thought that was a true like win and a great aspect of this trip that I hadn't even considered and then we got on a flight we came back and I will tell you our flight back KLM great Delta Delta owe me money y'all doesn't owe me money. Y'all, somebody like accidentally peed on the plane. And I'm not, this is no shade to that person, but the whole plane did end up smelling like pee for 10 hours and 40 minutes. Why the flight attendants, when we ask them like, why does the plane smell like pee? They gonna be like, I don't smell anything. Cut it out. I was like, do you make it a practice of gaslighting the passengers? And she was like, what? What? I'm like, it, you know, we are on a New York subway train. Cut it out. Then they like fed us like the first 20 minutes of the flight. They fed us. Then we just on the flight. Don't feed us nothing again until like an hour before we land. And anybody knows that an hour is like we're now beginning our initial descent. So we got to like hustle the shit up. And the food was like whack. The second food was like this like dry string ass like salad with goat cheese. And I was like, what is this? Now, I know some of y'all are like, wasn't she just talking about being grateful and like the gratitude of like seeing life in the settlement? Yes, I was. But I'm also talking about when I pay for some shit, I want it to be what it is. If I'm paying to fly Delta one, I need it to not feel like Delta negative 26. I don't like that. I don't like it. But nonetheless, I did watch a movie on the flight called To Leslie, and it was actually really good. So if you want to watch a movie about a white woman who's going through it and then finds herself, like, and redeems herself, watch To Leslie. The acting is, they act and they ass off in the film. They act and they ass off in the film. But we ended up having to take these crazy routes to go to Kenya and to come back from Kenya because the flights were so expensive. But I want to teach y'all something that I just did not know, and I can't even believe I didn't know this. But when you're booking a flight, you have to book either in an incognito window or, like, if you search in one search engine, like, you got to go on, like, another computer or on your phone or somewhere else to keep searching because what happens is that the goddamn cookies, or you got to clear your cookies, the cookies will, like, basically be like, oh, you're looking for this flight and start feeding you more expensive flights. I did not know this, y'all. I did not know this. So I'm pretty sure me and Devon ended up taking this crazy route because I didn't know this. And that if I had known this, I could have found like a better route for less money and less headache. Nonetheless, it was a bonding experience for both of us. And we were able to make it back. And I was able to come and share with you all about this experience. The last dose. So, you know, people were asking me, like, is this something I would ever do again? And I will say this. I think I got super duper lucky with this group. Like the actual group on the trip was incredible. It was all just like black women. And then we had two brothers. Everybody was so unique. But somehow, like, we all, like, were a perfect fit for each other. Like, nobody's idiosyncrasies got too out of pocket, you know? Nobody's, like, little weird quirkiness, like, threw the group off. Everybody was really 
together and the fact that we could all eat dinner together and like it's not assigned seats yes you know how it is when like everybody sits together one night and then like okay we've established that we like each other so we're gonna sit in these same seats no like the group would mix up and that's a testament to how dope the group was because you could be sitting with anybody at any time and you knew that it was gonna be a good old time and that was really special you know i don't like people like that y'all you know i don't like people like that y'all but that was really special what was also special was when i came up to the rooftop at the hotel and devon was like yo these chicks recognize me from your Instagram. Ah! <laughs> and he said that they were asking him if I was going to come upstairs. And I was downstairs on the phone. And he said that they were like, okay, well, when she comes upstairs, like, does she want us to talk? We know how she is. We know how she is. Does she want us to talk to her? And I just love y'all for knowing that. I love y'all for knowing that I am not a people person like that. And that sometimes I'm not in the mood and it is no shade to you. It's just, that's how I be. I love that because our photographer on the trip, like they had like hired a photographer and he was like, Amanda, I've noticed that you are not a morning person. And I was like, nope, that's not true. I'm just not a people person. I'm actually a morning person. I wake up every day like, what are we doing today? So it was really super dope that all these people and a lot of the people had been on trips with One Love Travel Club before. So they had an expectation, understanding that they were able to like share with us, the newbies. And I really feel like they were people who had been on group trips for the most part and like knew the lay of the land. And if you're somebody who really wants to travel, but maybe your friends are like bullshitting or maybe like you just, you know, don't want to have to wait to like go with some boo that you don't have yet, et cetera, really consider going in a group trip with somewhere like One Love Travel Club because particularly the black folks that are listening, like I feel like she, don't get me wrong, One Love doesn't like say that it's only for black folks, but I feel like she curates the trip with us in mind and with wellness in mind and with like just this idea that, you know, we deserve to see the world in mind. And I can't, I have nothing but good things to say about One Love Travel Club. It was a great experience that I've never had before, once in a lifetime. And I would never have had it if I hadn't checked my emails. And so that is also a lesson for y'all out there who love to try and act like it's a flex to say, I don't check my email. Check your emails. Because you might, could be going to Kenya. Jambo. Asante sana. Karibu. Okay, I'm done. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.